Hello, and welcome to the Project David podcast, a place where creatives wrestling with the Christian faith can come together to explore and discuss what it means to do just that. My name is Abia, and I'll be your host. And that's why you need to love your audience firstly and make sure that you align with God who obviously loves your audience tremendously. Hello, mother. Testing, testing, one, two. Hello, Abia. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Project David podcast. Today, I'm here with the one, the only, Inai Botma, my mother. <laughs> Hello, mother. <laughs> I just for a moment didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> I've never had anybody call me Inai Botma. That's so weird. That's that's true. You mostly work with your maiden name. <laughs> yes. I kind of um, felt like that would be a, a bit more unique, which kind of, you know, ties in with me being an artist and wanting to be unique. So I kind of stuck with the one that um, nobody else necessarily have. You that, know. that people couldn't pronounce it. Yes, easily. exactly. <laughs> you know, but you just needed to fit with the, the name that's weird already. You know, Absolutely. so yes. <laughs> if I sound a little off today, I've got a bit of hay fever, but otherwise, um, Ine, will you tell us in brief, what do you do right now? And um, what's your history in the arts and with the Christian faith? Okay. Well, <laughs> how long do you have now? What I do right now is basically um, uh, doing, um, helping people to creatively connect dots with their health and wellness, um, which is um, almost very far from the arts, but actually it isn't. It's, it's actually when you start to see creativity and how artful things really can be on so many different levels and how they're woven and intricate little layers and not all different boxes then it starts to make sense but my journey started as a, a writer of children's music children's theater that was my passion and it, at the moment it felt like nobody is necessarily te teaching children in a creative fun way so that was something that I felt very passionate about and really started my journey um, with you know start studying arts theology and in practice I started writing songs and I, I just started to train a group of people and we we kind of toured around the country and we just we didn't keep children busy because that was something that I felt was really um, horrible you know because it's not a tiny holy spirit in a child it's actually the same capacity of God um, with a different language you know and a different uh, maturity level so that's all we adjusted and we ministered to children um, wonderful wonderful 
um, truths about God that would stay with them for all their lives in a fun way and that they would enjoy having Jesus as a friend. That was what I did. And then from there, I did a lot of other productions. I loved doing um, community type productions where we could reach out into a community with a message that would carry a community that was meant for a specific time, almost like a a prophetic word you can say, but not like prophetic in the, um, you know, with a doom, doom, doom in the background. In five years, <laughs> the Lord saith unto you. Yes, that's quite a dangerous um, task to, to kind of put on yourself. But um, just um, things that we felt like was something that people would benefit or um, tools that people could put in their toolkit that God was, uh, you know, I think as an artist, the thing that we kind of see is we see themes. We see themes in the world in different ways and in the, and in different layers. So, yes, yeah, so those themes would kind of just get stuck in your heart and God would create something, you know, if we are willing to see where he takes something, he really surprises us. So, yes, community arts was um, a passion. I taught drama. Um, for children also and for adults and also you know for me um, hmm, it was about redemption of the arts also I felt very passionate about where the arts and the church and all of that kind of communication levels are those are yeah still to this day for me very important but I think what was um, interesting for me is where I grew up being absolutely in love with arts. I lived arts. I had all these personas in every d- class. My English persona was different than my Afrikaans class persona. Yes, um, it could have translated very differently. I am very thankful that, you know, Multiple we didn't have Google. Disorders. <laughs> if we had Google back then, it would have, I would have not maybe, you know, um, yeah I might have ended up somewhere else um, in therapy I guess but Mm -hmm. yes so I experimented like that but the thing is what I wanted to say was uh, if I wanted to express my art I had to do I stayed fit and it was absolutely horrible it was horrible having one person's opinion cast out over you in 10 minutes of absolutely unnatural put yourself on a stage and follow the rules and there's really hardly any expression because don't lift your arms for the one person and please lift your arms for the next person. And you can show this much (laughs) facial expression but not that much facial expression. And then you have the opinion of one to maybe three people um, considered as experts cast over you for the rest of your life and you in get, terrible handwriting yes and you get it in grade form and I hated that and I felt like that is never what the arts was meant to be so for me and my rebellious streak that became <laughs> my drama school where I um, trained hardcore solid theater based um, theory and then in practice what we did was we would do a community program where we would do a production that edified not only the cast firstly um, but also the community. That was something for me that was important to, to teach my students that we use our gifts to uplift and to teach and to 
you know, find the joy in there. It, it, it has to be joy. I had students who never wanted to speak in class. I had people with self-esteem issues. I had, you know, it, it was beautiful to see their journey. So for me, it was also a matter of a passion that I have of pulling out potential that God shows me in people and then seeing that that people thrive so yes so to jump from where I'm at now is I still find creative solutions at this moment I just help people on a different level to find those creative creative solutions to express themselves and to thrive to thrive is important for me so yeah and then I also you know to stay alive because that's what we artists you know we can't (laughs) eat our words we have to um we have to stay alive and in ministry that is a big challenge so I had my own um studio where I did commercials and I worked for a few radio stations and yeah those were some of the corporate things that I did where you know you bite your lip and you do the ad like your client wants it even though you know it's it's not creative and it's not inspiring at all so that part was also part of it and then also just helping doing workshops training people um Helping people understand where the arts can be useful also in a church service because that's something that is um, sadly, I think, lacking. And the church Mm. really feels um, lost in how to use the arts. So I loved my, my mime training and my arts theology training in that sense that I really learned how the arts can never be used to glorify sin. And that's really what you see, in, you know, in, uh, in just in the world today. You, you, you know, we kind of like to show sin and almost justify it. And then we all, we all fall for that. Um, we feel sorry for the vixen in distress. And, you know, and if she's not happy in her marriage, then she can change that or whatever. And, um, and we feel happy for her then if she does. So it's it's about um, glorifying sin in the world today. And it's about entertainment. You know, what's the next big thing you need to do to get the applause and a louder applause? And um, sometimes it's not, you know, you're not very famous when you do what God wants you to do or say what God wants you to say. But it needs to be accessible to people who have no artistic eye and it also needs to be accessible to all the artsy fartsies out there and that is the challenge in the church is how do you bring in the arts so that it edifies everybody okay so on that now um the question that i ask everybody for this podcast is what does it mean to you to be a creative wrestling with the christian faith how, how does that differ from just being a creative? It's a very big responsibility for me. Um, you know, what you put out there, it's there. It, it cannot be undone, unseen. Um, I think the, the big responsibility starts with being authentic in your faith, in your walk, in your understanding, knowing that you will make mistakes. Your understanding is just your understanding. It's your side of the coin. And not trying to give yourself out as the all-knowing second in charge, but also taking up the responsibility to to wrestle um, through something with God firstly and making sure that you've got his stamp of approval um, before you put something out there. I think it's crucially important. So 
for me um, I'm a very driven person so I need to Enneagram know three yes so if I put something down it's 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 not going to go down in a very small scale usually I kind of challenge and like to push the boundaries a bit so that makes my responsibility ability bigger to know that what I'm teaching, what I'm asking of people, the time commitment, everything, and then the message in the end is really something with God's stamp of approval. And so, yes, there's a big wrestling in that there's the whole, am I hearing God right? Am, is this really what we should be doing right now? Is this his timing? So many factors. You know, sometimes God can give you something, give you a concept as an artist, and he wants you to just put it on the shelf until he tells you it's time. And that's tough for us because we get so excited when we create. We just want to show it off immediately. So that is, it all comes with the responsibility to know what is God's purpose and you know to trust him that you've been called to walk in the purposes that he's prepared for you you know within his timing within how he wants it to happen and the circumstances and the message all together the whole package yes so wrestling oh my goodness it's a very emotional process for me for me it's firstly about what we're putting out in the world is does it have god's stamp of approval yes do you have any practical tips for creatives listening right now yes (laughs) get a good filtering system As creatives, we don't always have a good filtering system. We kind of can we can uh, run with an idea and be completely and utterly um, impossible to relate to, and it and then we get really sad, and we can feel com- completely misunderstood and underappreciated, and we do that to ourselves. It's very important to understand that we do that to ourselves, and um, as a creative. You need to decide before you create a single... It's not about the applause. It's not about the Facebook likes or wherever you... Whatever platform or where you kind of put it down. That's not what it's about. It's about being authentic, being secure in what you communicate and then knowing that you're taking responsibility. But get somebody in your life that you can use as an honest filter system um, to say... Or get, or get, you know, eight, nine different Enneagram types and let them all filter for you because everybody perceives things differently. You know, I mean, for guys sitting in a church service watching a dance, it doesn't always relate to where we want the symbolism to go necessarily. They just don't get it, you know. Getting a practical or a joke or some humor might get some folks on board and listening to the message better so you need to know what's your message get your filtering system in place ask people will this convey my message or either then change your audience to say i'm just going to do this for women it's going to be super accessible for them most women without stereotyping of course but just kind of use general logic to make it easy on people also to enjoy and appreciate what you put out with all your effort and you know it is like giving birth 
when you create. So it is very personal. I get it. I really do. She's written three books. <laughs> she she um, she birthed three books <laughs> and many plays. You know, and I, there's no difference between them for me. And yes, I want to speak to all the sound engineers out there. Yes, the push of one button can destroy a play. <laughs> so no, but you know what? We need to understand that all these things can almost shatter our dreams for what we want to put down and we want we need to know that things that God call and the purposes he create is bigger than our even perfect picture of how it should go down just make sure you love your audience enough that you filter it make sure you love your audience enough that you gently and in a beautiful manner uh, become accessible so with your art form So to you a big part of the creative task the creative um almost the the creative tension is the relationship between authenticity and accessibility. Absolutely. Absolutely because you can waste human man hours. You are going to ask people sometimes to be part of your projects. They're going to be away from their families. They're going to give up time that they could relax, read a book, do something that they love. and they're going to serve they're going to jump on board and if you if you waste that opportunity if your production your art form never grabs into people's hearts if it stays on the stage if it stays on a page then it's not accessible and it's a big waste of time in my opinion uh so see that's where I'm I I need to I'm an achiever so for me it needs to land we can build all these little balloons have them just float around in the air and they can never ever be anchored on planet earth mm. and that is what I think what you are asking me yes it's important we need to tie them to a place where they can be relevant and useful very important for me personally otherwise big waste of time <laughs> your art's a waste of time people <laughs> no no um, that's me that's me personally i think I, i i still need to grow in the area where i can just do it and it can just be beautiful for me and i'm content with just that for me that energy needs to um I don't know. Need I I I'm putting it on the art stock market. I guess I want to see that investment grow. <laughs> so, yes, that's me. So, and I think I think there's a balance. I think if everything has its place, but I think that is if if you want to feel like you're making an impact, you need to make sure that you know your audience and love them enough to really get that anchored well. And it's interesting because it's such a it's such a sort of like biblical community principle to say you love your neighbor as yourself and you consider others before you consider yourself and to take that into a sort of more artistic direction people don't really talk about that but it's it's so intuitive it is and we can become as artists completely self-absorbed and selfish and um almost you know just um It's almost like it's instant gratification for us sometimes. Just get it out, you know, and people need to ooh and ah immediately and um and that's not always love. So and that is not always how we work as a body in Christ. And art is a whole body exercise 
for the body of Christ. If if that's where you aiming, or if even you know, I I think some artists can just be the light of Jesus in a place where it's really dark. But even then, you need to love your audience enough to pull them up, not to make them identify with what already makes them want to chew off their pulses. So, you know, it's it's a responsibility. But sometimes I think, and maybe this is just me being a four, um, but I think sometimes accessibility for an audience means if you're talking about something like suffering, something something that is a little bit more heavy, not to make not to make light of it in an inappropriate way. I think sometimes that can even block accessibility in a weird way. Absolutely. Yes. No, I agree. And that's why you need to love your audience firstly and make sure that you align with God who obviously loves your audience tremendously and make sure that you've got his um, stamp of approval and then it will all be perfectly wonderful. You know, it will be what it was called to be. And that's the other thing. We can't ever, ever um, compare what God has called for your message and your vehicle of expression to be the same as the next person and we do that all the time and that is that that is so harmful to us and that's where authenticity is is so important but also just um, making sure that from the get-go you know that that creative expression in the bible was mostly prophetic you know, it was the prophets that took the, the, the almost the front lines of how to express creatively. In poetry. And poetry, all of that. Yeah. So, you know, just know that there will be that kind of component um, and, and make sure you're anchored well, yes, in Christ always. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you could be selfish. You could just want to work through an emotion and have the world identify with your emotion and it's not going to edify as much or it's, you know, but isn't God so good that he can um, work all things for the good, you know, of those who love him. Sometimes he just sees our hearts, knows that our intentions are just really, we're searching or we're struggling and he's also just being there for us. So he's good. It'll be fine. (laughs) Just uh, be aware, you know, being aware of these things makes us kind of roots as well also yes absolutely and if i can ask one final question i know that um, a big passion of yours nowadays even is restoring the creative arts to i don't want to say their former glory but um it's funny when people talk about christian art nowadays they usually do so with the sort of it's either people who you know don't necessarily care about the art and are just going after the message, which is fine, or it's someone saying, oh yeah, no, bad Christian movies or bad Christian music. And it's really sad because you would expect better from the followers of the creator of stars and galaxies and oceans and birds. So what do you think is a problem in the Christian art community today and how do you think what, what's the solution oh my goodness me <laughs> just a little question wow <laughs> can we throw that one open to the audience now um huh I think we um yo I don't even 
Which is, that is such a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think we compromise. I think we limit God. Um, I think we put ourselves on sale and what we produce. And in the pro- process, we uh, we have suboptimal <laughs> productions, seeing the light. Um and then also, I think, you know, we are in the minority. Unfortunately, that is the truth. Um, so we don't, we don't have the um, big driving forces and finances always behind us. So we just need to be cleverer, <laughs> outsmart, outwit and outplay. Um, but restoring it, I think, you know, you get, you get bad art everywhere. You get bad music. Honestly, you get double rhyme. <clears throat> music in South Africa today and that's all that some of the producers will put in the market stop listening to it stop supporting it then no it can't happen again you know it's the same with Christian art align yourself with people um, that will invest in, in your product make sure that you have pride in your product that you don't put discount on your product even before you do it and say oh it's just for Jesus I'm just going to do it like this because, you know, no, it's for the king of kings. This needs to be awesome. Mm. That needs to be your attitude. And I think if we start there and say without being, um, I think, you know, if you look at The Chosen, that's been running now. They've, they've done just that. They said, well, listen, we, we're not going halfway here. We're not doing half measures. We're going to be creative and now we're going to get the money. And they were. And they did excellent. You know, it's it's not like being heard just polished up for 2020. It's really authentic and beautiful, and and it it was accessible to millions of people that otherwise would have never watched something like that. Mm. So yes, rethink, rewire, be creative, but do not do not ever um, lack on your on your um, excellence. It needs to be done in excellence. And if you're not excellent in something that you want to do, align yourself with people and a, and a team that would be and that would drive with you um, in excellence. And um, yes, that's, I think just the redemption of the arts need to be Christ-centered, however that looks, because Jesus was accessible to everybody. The people he visited... They were not like the goody two-shoes at all. But he, he was there. He was accessible. And he made them want more, want to listen more. That's the first thing. Align with him. And then don't do it in excellence. Don't. I mean, he didn't give the people at the wedding horrible wine. He gave them his miracle involved the best wine. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do things halfway. He's not. He's he's you. Um, he's. Um, you, what, I want to say humid. <laughs> Humility. <He's> humid. <laughs> Help me here. Uh, um, he's humble. <laughs> not humid. No, no. But, but I, I hear that too in what you're saying. Um, having the humility to, to show your art to other people. The, the courage too. The courage to put something out there and to say, maybe this isn't good, but I'm going to take steps 
in the direction of finding out. Yes, and he had an undisputed message. He knew why he was here oh, well, on this planet. Well, it was very disputed, but, but not within himself. Not within himself. He had a very clear view of what he was supposed to be doing here and why. And his love for us was absolutely rock solid. So, you know, he did what it took to get people. And he knew also not everybody's going to listen. And he loved people enough to know. Some will turn away and say, it's not for me. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's where we need to kind of align ourselves and know that's exactly what we are going to experience. But don't, don't ever put your excellence on sale. That's, I think, important. Yes, we, we have standards. <laughs> we need to you know, fight for those. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I feel like I've learned so much. <clears throat> Spent 18 years in your house and still I feel like I can learn so much from you. Do you have any last words for any creatives listening? Um, no, I just... I, I, I'm hoping that people who journey with you, my daughter, on this podcast will really also feel that they have a community where they are loved. And um, I'm proud of you for getting the ball rolling on this. I think it's beautiful and to me a privilege to see the next generation taking the baton and going for gold. So well done. And may your community grow and may, may we see another beautiful, beautiful birth of the arts, um, edifying and glorifying, healing, all of, it, all of the things that it was called to do. So well done. I'm proud of you. I'm a proud mama sitting here. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> It's such a privilege to talk to you. It was my absolute pleasure, treasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Project David podcast raspy hay fever voice and all i had so much fun recording it if you like feel like someone who fits between these categories um and is wrestling with the faith world um i'd love to see a piece of your art or to talk to you to hear your ideas and your story um thank you so much for sounds so cheesy but thank you for journeying with me i truly appreciate it <laughs>